from an undisclosed location high in the Hollywood Hills, it's time once again for the long shot. Come hell or high water. Tonight's episode, everybody's trying to take you for everything you've got. And now, please welcome the host of the long shot, Sean Dunroy! Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good noon, good day, good dawn, good dusk, good desk. Welcome to The Long Shot. I am your host. My name is Sean Conroy. With me today on the podcast, Amber Kenny is here. Oh, hi. And of course, not here this week. Joe Wagner. Not sure what happened there. And Jamie Flam ends his streak at two in a row. Well, he he jumped in late when we were mid-conversation last time, so... Anything possible. Very rude. But oh, I mean, that's true. It, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. He could just show up at some mm-hmm. point. He's like a, the Kramer of the podcast at this point. He's he always been the Kramer. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a real guy, right? Like that, that was based mm-hmm. on a real guy who lived in Seinfeld's building. And I saw that guy once at a restaurant in New York. I was at a restaurant in New York, an Italian restaurant called Carmine's, a great, like, family style restaurant where they you know you you order the food and they bring you these gigantic platters of whatever you ordered so we were all at at carmine's i don't even remember who i was with because i was there this is when i you know i I spent a lot of time at restaurants in new york anyway uh yeah i mean not a cheap city so it was a different life it was a different life um the uh so we see him across the restaurant. He's kind of walking towards us. And somebody was like, that's the guy. I forget his name. Cos- no, Cosmo Kramer was the real guy. I feel like his real name was Kramer, but mm. I don't remember his first name. But anyway. I, he was in one of those, like, towards the finale of Seinfeld. They did, right. like, featurettes. And he mm-hmm. was in. So I, I could picture him. But I don't remember his name. So he comes walking towards us across the restaurant. I think he was just sitting at a table nearby, walking across. And all of a sudden, as he's, and you know, of course, everybody is just like, holy shit, that's fucking Kramer. As he's walking towards us, he just out of nowhere, like his heel slips out from under him and he stomps his foot. And then he just keeps walking like nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was, and and it was definitely not on purpose. Like it would just happened. Like it wasn't, he did not know that we were watching him. He just, that was his physicality. It was bizarre and, uh, you know, kind of cool in a way Um, or not cool. I don't know. I'll leave it to other people to judge. Notable. Interesting. Fascinating. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> An unusual circumstance. Um, oh. There's your pizza. There's my pizza. I'll be right back. Okay. Should I should I pause it? I'm going to pause it. Okay. All right. Bye. I'll be right. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, I just had food delivered, and it took just long enough that I won't be able to eat it until after it's cold and the podcast is over 
So that works out. We could just do a quick podcast. Perfectly. I mean, we, we have we have agency here. We got an agent? There's no time slot we have to fill. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Somebody's <laughs> representing us? No. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. We could do a very quick uh, podcast. Um, so let's start with checking in. Let's go first okay. to Amber. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel really boring always talking about this, and eventually I won't. But smudgy update 2021. Um, we got him back. We got him back on Tuesday. Uh, welcome it, home, smudgy. Welcome home, smudgy. Absolutely. It's um, it's strange. It's not exactly the like. He looks different. He's fifty pounds heavier. And he's brown. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. He, it's actually quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. He's a bag of bones. He's lost quite a bit of weight. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> My, I was trying to imply that it was just a completely different dog. Right. I understood what you were okay. implying. Okay. But um, he, I guess they said he didn't eat for like the first five days. Wow. Which is kind of a long time. Yeah. And uh was it a hunger strike? I, yeah. I like their whole thing is you don't eat unless you're doing what you're supposed to. Oh, I see. And he maybe wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um but but um I think he's already gaining back weight, but honestly, that first day I'd be like, Oh, like come cuddle. And it was like jarring. You could feel his ribs and yeah. like it was it was kind of freaky, um, but they said that it's normal and that he'll gain it back pretty quickly. Right. Um, and yeah, we had like a mini lesson with the trainer. I kind of thought it would be longer and more intense um, because we we came home both like I don't know if we really know what we're doing still. Right. Did they tell you anything? Like, were they like, this is what you need to do from here on in. And this is what he likes. And this is, he now wears uh, skinny jeans because, you know, he can do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He shops at Banana Republic, not the Gap. They gave us a lot of like literature of best practices on incorporating your dog back into life after that training. And, and it's pretty strict. Like we have to be pretty strict with him. And I think that maybe why it isn't the like joyful homecoming reunion that Mm -hmm. I had pictured because he has to like, we have to, he either is in a crate or he's training with us Mm -hmm. or he's with us because we asked him to be specifically like he, he's not just like trotting around playing. um, Right for the first 30 days, it's pretty, pretty strict, but I guess it's so we can really monitor his behaviors and make sure that we're reinforcing good ones and putting a stop to the bad ones. But um, one thing that made us feel good slash bad is this. What a great feeling that is always. I love it's like, you know, best of both worlds. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That yin yang baby. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is an intense training place. Like they have like fans. I found out about it because one of the other dog trainers that I was. No, no with, AC, just fans. 
Correct. Um, one of the dog trainers that we worked with before was like fangirled out over. Oh, I remember training. you saying this seemed yeah. like this is where she wanted to end up, or yeah. you know, whatever. It's like a it's like a dream of dreams. It's like yeah. the epitome of training places. It's and the Harvard of dog training places. Yes, and they specialize in you know like. So all the other dogs are going to hate your dog now because right, right. Well, went there. they were going to anyway. Right, right. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> That's his vibe. <laughs> but he's going to know he's better than them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they specialize in like difficult cases and, and difficult dogs and, um, you know, getting them back on track. Right. And they said that smudgy is probably the most extreme case of leash aversion that they've ever seen. Wow. So it was like. Okay, we're not fucking crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> I know what you mean. I know, like, I, that is the perfect example of good news, bad news, because mm-hmm. it's like, yes, we weren't making this up, but also he has serious, serious right. problems. That, like, we're, they're not, he's not like, well, now he's a happy go lucky dog and everything's right. fine. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in fact, because everyone's like, great, like, is he so easy on and off a leash now? What and a like, great question that is. <laughs> I'm like, is well, he so easy now? Now that you took him to the Harvard of dog places, you must be living the dream. Well, I now I'm worried because you said that I was passive aggressive in my message to them about like, hey, when can we pick them up? And I'm like, did I fuck this up? Like, I'm just making conversation. Don't take I know you're I you're never so. listening. You're never. I know that. But it did get in my head, especially because I was like, maybe he wasn't ready. Like, did uh-huh. we pressure them into push them too much? Releasing him because yeah. it's okay if he's not ready. Just tell us. But um, so their recommendation, we took him home with the leash on, and their recommendation was just to leave it on indefinitely. <laughs> Even when he's just hanging out in his crate or whatever. So Correct. it's just like a normal thing. Correct. It's and not if like, anything- here we go, smudgy. We're going to put your leash on now. It's just like, it's and- like when I, it's like when I used to wear a tie all the time to work, that's the one thing I would never take off. I would just. Right. Cause you didn't have time. So I had one tie. Yeah. yeah. I'd have one tie and I would just be, you know, even if I was in the shower or whatever, I just had that one tie on all the time. Right. Right. So after a while, you don't even notice it anymore. Right. It's just a part of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think eventually we will work towards taking it on and off. But um, he recommended us practicing putting on and off a second leash, like never taking off this first one, just Mm -hmm. as like a safety protocol. But. And look, if you can get seven or eight leashes on them. I'm not saying yes, but I'm not saying no. <laughs> well, I was laughing because I was picturing him with just hundreds of yeah. leashes on yeah. a parade behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an adjustment. And, again, he's a bag of bones. He He's definitely less reactive to city sounds. Like, he, our life before was just him barking all day long, mm. no matter what. And um, he's not really doing that, but he's also – doesn't have the opportunity to because he's in a crate or he's with us working and um but he could still bark in the crate if he wanted to yeah and he's tried it a couple times and it's like mm -mm. like he also knows what do you want you want a smaller crate you want four more leashes (laughs) but um but yeah it's 
it's very strange. I was trying to express it to my mom. Um, I have mixed feelings because the training did what we wanted it to do mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, like he's not cured. He's not perfect, but he. It must um, be so easy now, though. No, but he's he's like less reactive and he mm-hmm. is on a leash. And like so we can take him out to pee after dark because it's it's not like he's running around and we can't grab him. Like, right. Uh, there's a lot of things that are a lot less stressful and we have control over him in some way that we didn't before, mm-hmm. but on some level it feels a little sad. Like it's like he was a wild stallion and we broke the his spirit, spirit is broken. Yes. Yeah. And um, again, I think that's what we wanted to do, but I, I'm, I'm struggling with it a little bit. I'm trying not to get, I get it. it. I get it. But I also <laughs> think, I also think like it's still, a marathon not a sprint you know what oh, i mean he has not been home he's been home like yeah. two days total so right. i think and he's a little guy he's young he was there for almost three weeks he was probably just settling into like okay oh, hey, this is where i live now this is my life and yeah. then uprooted him from that again so like he's just acclimating to all of these huge- yeah he's like oh i'm back with these idiots what right. are they going to put me into next? Like, what is it going to be an right. obstacle course? Like, <laughs> right, who knows? Right. Please, dear God, feed me. I am mm, so hungry. Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's interesting, and we're trying to figure out what life looks like now. Like the big thing that this training place said, and I'm scared that everything I'm saying makes it sound like we're just torturing our dog, which mm-hmm. I don't think we are. <laughs> I hope we're not, but um. The big thing that this training place says is just live your life and have and like fit the dog into that instead of having your lifestyle revolve around the dog. Mm-hmm. And I will say pre this training that is the life we were living in a, in a extreme everything revolved around him. Yeah, right. Yeah. The plans we made, the the meals we ate, the right. everything. So um so it's an adjustment. And like the first day we had him, the first morning we had him back, I woke up and I took him out so that he can pee and we walked around a little bit. And then I mm-hmm. put him right in the crate and I did my morning pages and I meditated and did yoga. So he was in there for like two hours. And then Jeff woke up and got him. Um, and I felt strange about that, but I'm, I think that's what you're supposed to do. But then today I was like mixing it up and I was like, oh, let's let's cuddle a little bit in the morning on the couch. And wouldn't you know it, he wasn't as well behaved today. Like, I think, I think we need to do that crate thing right away. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, we still cuddle with him, but like in structured times or like in the evening or I don't know, but that's what I mean. Like we're, we're figuring it out. And Mm -hmm. like with all dog people I found, they're like, couldn't be easier. You just do this. And we're like, great. And then we come home and Jeff and I both kind of look at each other and like, but how do we do that? Or like, what does that mean? What's our, our version life? of that? Yeah. And and because he's not supposed to be running around. Um, oh, that was the other thing. So the 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 owner of the training place was like, honestly, text me anytime, day or night. 
any questions, like videos of what you're doing with him, I'd rather correct it right away than three months down the line when it's like a real big problem embedded. Mm -hmm. But I kind I thought it was lip service truly like, okay, sure. I'll text you. Like you, you don't want us to text you. Yeah. Right. Sure. Like I'm going to (laughs) text you owner, man. But um, I will say the day we took Smudgy home, it was probably three or four hours later. And I got a text. We both got a text from him saying, like, how's Smudgy doing? What's up? Mm. Um, and so we told him and 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 we've asked some questions. So I was like, I'm going to take him up on it. We've spent a lot of money there. I'm going to yeah. ask questions. So the one thing is, like, he needs to get a lot of exercise. But he's not allowed to go on real walks yet because there's too many outside distractions like mm-hmm. he's only supposed to do short working sessions on the Tre- treadmill well that's what i asked i was like how do we get him this exercise and they said get him a doggy treadmill and i was like we're not like i don't have a treadmill <laughs> like we're not this this dog is turning into such a money pit yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> jesus christ but it's also funny to be like just do your regular lifestyle it's not built around him do build him a gym. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it feels contradictory to me. Look, just get him a doggy treadmill. Who doesn't have a doggy treadmill? You got a dog, you got a doggy treadmill. But um, so for now we're just trying to do like chase the toy and we're running inside the house. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, and they they all said, you know, Smudgy's a, Smudgy's a crowd favorite among the trainers here. Like, we love Smudgy. I was like, oh, that's so nice. That's that's great to hear. Like, that warms my heart. And he's like, yeah, we love fucked up dogs. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good news, man. Yeah, he is such a challenge. Everybody loves to be challenged. So yeah, that's where we're at. That's the reality. I get that though, because like when I was teaching junior high school, the most difficult kids were the ones that I connected with because they were the ones that I worked the hardest to connect with, you know, totally. Um, And that was just probably fucked up for the kids who weren't as fucked up. Right, they're like, I'm doing a good job. Can I get Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like me? Like an Amber? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. Get out of here, you mope. You're um, boring. Well, and and this is just a theory. I, I can't back it up, but... Mm-hmm. Is this about Ivermectin? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I... So when we went there for the training, he had us go to this like training yard for lack of a better word. It was like walled, but it was big. (laughs) I'm not using my words in a very Mm. poetic, beautiful way. It was an outdoor area. Outdoor area. And it was like walls around it. Yeah. Like it was like a yard, but it, Uh but it was there was probably multiple of those yards on their campus, like a prison yard. Yeah, but, but it, it was, was just a, it was outdoors and it was uh-huh. open, but there were walls around it, mm-hmm. and at the top of the walls there was guards with rifles, yes. and if the dogs act up, you take them down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so he was like, "Smudgy's not here yet. You go in and take a seat." So Jeff and I went and sat on this bench. <clears throat> It looked like an amphitheater because Mm -hmm. there were two rows of dogs 
I want to say 15, 20 dogs um, in sort of a semicircle facing us. So it truly looked like we were doing a play mm-hmm. for a bunch of dogs. And they each had their own place. And I think they were all leashed to their place, but some maybe weren't. Um, but they all were big dogs, most of them German shepherds. Mm-hmm. And um Oh, and as we walked up, they all started barking, all 20 of them. <laughs> and he was like, shut up, stop. And That and sounds he, fucking scary, by the way. It, it was scary for me. And I was like, I can't believe Smudgy's going to hang out here. Like, mm-hmm. Smudgy is this big. <laughs> like, he's, right. <laughs> um, Do you know why we have called you in front of the <laughs> tribunal here, Smudgy? <laughs> right. So, um Oh, but that is my theory of also why they like him so much is all of the dogs sort of, I mean, they have their unique dog qualities. They seem they're, the same. They're all very similar. They're all kind of this mm-hmm. bigger German shepherd or, or um, yeah, mostly German shepherds. And mm-hmm. so like to see this little tiny, like filled with attitude right. <laughs> little guy, they're like, it stands this? out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right yeah i get it i get it you're like but yeah we were walking this is a project we were walking him on a leash in that area like mm-hmm. with those 20 german shepherds so i was i was impressed he was doing well um i hope you're having a good time smudgy just wait until shower time <laughs> and he needs a shower man uh <laughs> he came home smelling like, wow, you've been at a <laughs> dog place. <Yeah. laughs> like he's just this stinky bag of bones. <laughs> um, but we're too scared to give him a bath now because we don't even know how to put a leash on him. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we well, should them to bathe him. <laughs> you should just put a bathtub on him and leave it on him all the time. <laughs> and then use another, put another bathtub on him. It's gonna be like this one man band just carrying <laughs> everything on him. Um but yeah and everything when we were there and obviously because there were multiple trainers there helping us out was like yeah this is easy just do this. And then we got home and both of us were like I don't I feel like I wish we had a longer class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet they did that on purpose because they want us to come back to do more classes, but um everything's a fucking setup man that's how the world works everybody's trying to take you for everything you got but i think it was good the the thing is they have a program for like fucked up dogs Mm -hmm. that's not what it's called but it's like a 12 we call it messed up dogs but it's really (laughs) for fucked up dogs but it's a 12 week like yeah. intense program and then the dog would come back and be trained not just with the problem area but also all obedience mm-hmm. smudgy didn't do that track we were just focused on the leash right. so some of the literature they gave us kind of doesn't apply it's like mm-hmm. make sure he's healing at your side at all times it's like well he doesn't know how to do that <laughs> If your dog is smoking four packs a day, (laughs) (laughs) that needs to be addressed. But I know we were supposed to be doing a shorter episode because you need to eat pizza. 
honestly, you can. Mute I don't know it. why that has to come out on the show. Like that's not anybody's we business. But about it. We already talked about well, it. Well, then let's cut it out and let's cut this part out too. Okay. <laughs> you're mad because you're hungry. <laughs> I don't. I need to eat pizza. Out. I'm you. You're just like smudgy. I'm used to angry, hungry <laughs> creatures around me. Um, but so Jeff and I went for a walk, um, this weekend before we had smudgy back and the building that we moved into, it's, it's a fourplex. There's two of us on the ground floor and then two on the second floor and four altogether. Correct. But plexed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And the people who live next to us on the ground floor, um, at one point, it's like, I think they got a cat. And Jeff would say, our neighbor is outside holding a cat. And I was like, what are you talking? That's crazy. What do you mean? Anyway. That sounds like a typing practice sentence. Our neighbor is outside (laughs) holding a cat. We're like learning Spanish. (laughs) Um, So Jeff and I went for a walk in our neighborhood. We were really trying to embrace and enjoy and take advantage of every moment we had dogless crazy dogless. This is um, before Smudgy came back. Yes, this was mm-hmm. this past weekend. And our neighbor was outside. It was dark out. P.S. It was dark out. And our neighbor was outside at the fence holding a cat. And we were like, oh, hi. We've never really talked beyond hello. It's a strange time to move into a building because we're in a pandemic. So like, part of me thinks I might know my neighbors better mm-hmm. if it weren't mid global pandemic but do, i don't do you know do you know that i am your neighbor <laughs> do you know that i am holding a cat <laughs> well so we we said like oh hi cute cat and it turned into we were probably talking to her for 20 25 minutes about the cat about smudgy about her life and it it was wonderful i was obsessed with it because mm. Um, it was like a real, it was talking to like a real Los Angeles person, not mm-hmm. the entertainment business, not in comedy at all. Not one of my friends. Like I work, uh, I work very hard. I have a job in cat holding. I hold cats. <laughs> and so when I come home, I practice with my own cat who I hold here <laughs> By the fence. I am. Do you know that I am your neighbor and I am holding a cat? I am. This is a cat I am holding. Well, and everything she said was so insane and parallel to us. And Mm. we would be like, whoa, us too. And she seemed unfazed and just kept talking. But um, I cannot get this cat to wear a leash. That is why I am holding it. She said that. She said those words. The cat was exactly the same age as Smudgy. She got the cat the same exact time we got Smudgy. She was been working on getting him on a leash, but he won't go on a leash. I'm like, well, he's a cat. That's like we're in a, like a little bit of a different thing. She's like, I worry about him. 
Um, he seems filled with anxiety, and we're like, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm like, please, Smeary, don't be so upset all the time. <laughs> and she was said, this is the first pet I've ever had my whole life. And I was like, this is Jeff's first pet his whole life. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. I, I don't know. I find that very crazy. And so this evening, um, right before this podcast, we were like, let's take Smudgy out on a leash because now we can do that. And we went out the back. Hello, I am in the backyard holding a cat by the fence. <laughs> well, we were in the back and we looked down the driveway and she was in the front holding the cat. And we both were like, hey! <laughs> You guys have your dog. I have my cat. <laughs> and yeah, I kept saying, I don't know if she internalized it at all, but it's like, is it something about this building? Are like mm -hmm. animals just fucked up or are we not supposed to have? Uh, I live on the third floor and <laughs> I carry this goldfish around. He's been dead for 11 days, but I still carry him around because he won't, he wouldn't put a leash around his neck. And then I stopped feeding him. And then <laughs> the whole time we were talking to this lady, the cat, um, we were up against, they were up against the fence. We were on opposite sides. Like we mm -hmm. were on the sidewalk and you get it. She was within the fence. Mm -hmm. The cat was like wrapping its arms <laughs> I know cats don't have arms, but mm -hmm. um, the top, the top legs, the top legs mm -hmm. around the fence. Like I don't want to go back inside. Mm -hmm. It was really cute. I don't think she knows how to take care of a cat, and I don't think anything she's doing is correct. But guess what? I've learned none of my business. I'm not mm -hmm. going to be giving advice out. Hey, look, it's a goldfish. How was I supposed to find its neck? I didn't even know where to put the leash. You know? <laughs> You try to find the neck on a goldfish. And um, the first day we were back, we were just sitting outside on the bench because we could. There's a little bench right in front of our apartment. And we watched multiple of our neighbors come home. And Smudgy just sat there and didn't bark. And I was so proud of him. Mm -hmm. And one of the neighbors out loud was said, oh, good. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> I love passive aggressive neighbor shit. It always makes me laugh. Like I remember, I, it, this isn't the same thing at all, but I remember once my neighbor was walking by me in the garage and I had just gotten my car washed and after a long time and she was walking right. by and she was like, oh, you got your car washed. And it's like, fuck you, <laughs> you know, like none of your business. Totally. Um, but in this case, I also get it. Yeah, yeah. It could drive you of, crazy if you're the dog of, barking all the time. Like, I, most of my anxiety around Smudgy, or a large percentage, I guess that's the same as most of, was mm -hmm. just like, I don't want the neighbors to murder you or right. us. Right. Or, like, it'd be one thing if we were doing this crazy madness out in the middle of nowhere, but it affects other people. Yeah. Like I need you to get your shit together. T totally. My, my neighbors downstairs have a dog and I, his name is like Nestor or Philippe or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, love when people list two unlike things <laughs> and then say something like that. <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's like Rodrigo or Paul, um, <laughs> Something like that. So, 
it never stopped barking for like two years, you know, like anytime anybody. And so they have, they have a big, uh, like, you know, the French doors that go out onto my, uh, balcony, they have the same thing. Those are French doors. I believe they're either French or Belgian. I, I just call them sliding doors. No, no, no. They're, they're, um, whatever the case that, I call them sliding doors. <laughs> so, do you know? Do you know the sliding doors? Anyway, <laughs> they have the same thing downstairs, but it goes right out onto the the walkway that goes by their apartment. So anytime anybody walks by, the dog smashes against the sliding doors <laughs> and has a forget and loses his fucking mind, you know, and. I know that's a problem for them because they're worried that I'm upset that the dog. So they're always like shouting at the dog and trying to get the dog to come back inside. And, you know, it's this whole, so I get where you're coming from. In fact, the other day I was walking by and the dog, whatever his name is, uh, (laughs) Bonnie Prince, Charlie or captain McDougal. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, just like came out because they have like a big, they have a big shade over the window and the dog kind of poked up under the shade and then just stood there looking at me. And I was like, wow, looks like Nestor's got his shit together for the first nice. time in two years. Oh, you know? Nestor. Good job, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, but it's taken that long, you know, and right. sometimes that's just how long it takes. Right. Um, yeah. So I do, whenever I see them, whenever I see those neighbors, I do go. Oh boy, the people with the dog. <laughs> There's actually lots of people with the dog in this in this building, so yeah. Um, but fuck those people, you know. Sure. In your building, I mean. No, they're great. Except Everybody... for the guy with the dead goldfish. I feel bad for him. <laughs> because he should I, not I... be he should not be carrying that thing around. That's like unhealthy. You know? I am I'm not expressing it clearly enough because I had there was like strange neighbor dynamic so again it's it's a building of four mm-hmm. plex. People, it's a plex right the people who live directly above us I I don't know two of them one of them is Manuel who does all like who takes care of all the plants the garden out front mm-hmm. and who I've known since before we moved there because he's such just like a fixture in the neighborhood right. I would go for walks in my old from my old apartment and we would like chit chat and he's, he's plexed that, right above you he's plexed right above me mm-hmm. um but he has a, a these are all just again guesses based on context clues, but I'm guessing a wife and a daughter that I don't know just from apologizing to them because Smudgy has jumped on them once, you know. Right, right. Um, but he has told me like multiple times, he's like, I love your dog, your dog's great. Uh, he's just young, that's why he's acting like this. And I was like, right. it's not just that he's young, he's got like real problems. But that's definitely part of it, though. Right. I mean, that is, like, that is a big part it, of it. it. Yeah, he'll chill out, but um, but he was like, I love your dog, but your neighbor who lives next to you on the first floor Ooh, wants to murder him. No, he's like, watch out for him. I used to have a dog. He passed away. And I was like, so sorry. And he's like, no, no, no. He lived a long time, but 
he would always make comments. He hated that my dog was walking around. He hated it. He hated it. And I was like, okay. So then I had it in my head that the neighbors next to us hate my dog, like already. Mm -hmm. And I was scared of that. Right. And, you know, creating stories. And the guy walks around with a crossbow and a giant burlap sack. And it's like, what is he looking for? Sure. And then, but every time I saw that guy, I was like, hello. And he'd go, beautiful dog. And I was like, okay. I right. bet its head would look great on my wall. <laughs> but <laughs> point is, like, I feel like I'm in some weird, fucked up head game with the neighbors where I think the guy above me might not like the dog, but decided to pin those feelings on the downstairs neighbor. Ah, I see. Or, like... So if anything happens to the dog, you know who it was. Like if the dog disappears, you know where to look. Because that guy has been nothing but sweet. That guy did a couple times just like see Smudgy out in the yard, not on a leash, and then open the gate and then Smudgy ran into the street. And it was like, thanks, man. Oh, no, I accidentally (laughs) opened the gate into the busy street. What the the hell was I thinking? (laughs) And Jeff didn't hide how he felt so i was like but we like i we have to live next to these people like it's it's a dance but anyway all of that said i think that's why it was so thrilling when our next door neighbor like the the female next door neighbor um we had this like long friendly conversation because in my we haven't had a real conversation and in my head I was like they hate us they hate smudgy like we have like this weird animosity we're we're on not speaking terms we're in a silent fight and the fact that we just like were happy to see each other and then chit-chatted for a really long time it was just like oh this is it, it, it was a delight for lack of a better word right now the guy's like Hey, listen, Amber, I saw you talking to a lady holding a cat by the fence. Just so you know, <laughs> I'm going to be out by the fence holding my guinea pig later tonight. If you want to, you know, I don't know if you want to chit chat or get to know each other a bit or have like a <laughs> conversation of a sort, you know, whatever type of a thing you want to talk about, I'll be holding my guinea pig. Well, and all eyes are watching at all times because Manuel, the guy upstairs, um, He's like, hey, I noticed a, a big dog was over at your house because my parents brought over Cinco. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was my parents and their dog. They were just here for the day. And he's like, so how did Smudgy react? And I was like, well, he's not here. And like, so we got into all of that. But I was just like, oh, you know, everyone- the, the other neighbor, he, he was so angry when that dog came <laughs> right, over. He was right. he was just watching TV. He was watching a baseball game and he heard the big dog and he was like, what the fuck is that noise? And he got up and it ruined the baseball game for him. He couldn't watch any more of the baseball <laughs> But it's just funny that everyone's clocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cinco was here. For one day, I don't know, but like people noticed. I just think it's interesting. I wonder, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's always the case when you have neighbors, but I'm also fascinated by that because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with people around me. Well, and not only that, sometimes I do know what the fuck's going on because I fancy myself a detective. I like Columbo and I like Sherlock Holmes, but I wouldn't. Nancy Drew. Exactly. Encyclopedia Brown, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
Hercule Poirot, the but, little gray cells. But even if I notice something, I don't know if I would ever broach it directly to their face. I would just mm-hmm. like make note and to myself and, and keep on moving. Right. You wouldn't know. use that knowledge against them. No. Well, and it's, it's almost weird to tell me because it's like, I'm watching everyone who comes in and out of your apartment. It's right. like, okay. <laughs> I don't like, I don't know. We're not doing anything. You better be on your best behavior because if you got shit going on in there, I'm going to know about it. Just FYI, which stands for your, stands for, stands. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to say four twice and it's going to sound weird, but it, it stands four, for, four, for four. your information. <laughs> yeah. And I said that right, even though it sounded weird. <laughs> I know I said two of the same word in a row, but that's okay. Sometimes you do that. That's the way it's the okay. language works. It's okay. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 in, in fact just right now I got paranoid because I'm like the windows open. Like, are they? Because <laughs> 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 really we're the young bucks at you know we're at our late late thirties at this point, and we're like the young kids in the building. Yeah. Yeah, and there are some people, I mean, I don't know that this is true in the building I'm living in now, but I've definitely lived in places where there are people who just have nothing to do mm. but clock what's going on in other people's mm-hmm. apartments or whatever. Um, I remember I lived in a building in New York for a while up on West End Avenue, and it was like there were four apartments on the floor. So you come off the elevator and there's like a door to your left, two to your front and one to your right or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy that lived on the floor who just, I think he just hated any noise of any kind. It infuriated him. (laughs) So opening and closing the door was very upsetting to him. I have, he shouldn't be living in New York City. And I remember coming out of the apartment, like we came out of the apartment, we're kind of laughing, joking with each other or whatever. And my, the woman I was living with at the time, like grabbed my arm and kind of points. And you know, those little peepholes, there's just an eye staring Uh -uh. through the peephole. And you know that this guy was behind that door going, these motherfuckers, yeah. you know? Um, so I stuck my finger through the peephole and blinded him. Perfect. Yeah. He couldn't catch me because he was a cyclops. <laughs> Worked out great. Also, I had told him my name was no one. So when he tried to report me to the police, they were like, who did this? And he was like, no one. Perfect. It's a perfect yeah. crime. Yeah, worked out great. So that's um, my checking in. I talked for a very long time. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, some of that was you getting a pizza. The pizza's called <laughs> my name. Uh, well, I, 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 I'll just keep it quick. I, I twice this week went out to stand-up shows to see Eddie perform. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, it was. Where? <laughs> one. One was in Hollywood. I don't remember the name of it, but it's like, uh, it's right by King King. I don't know if you know King King, but it's a a music club and they somehow have set up a parking lot there. So it's outdoors, but there's tables and there's a stage in the round and 
you know, it felt very, uh, it felt very safe to be there because it was, it was outside. Uh, and it was, you know, it was fun. It was interesting. It was funny to be back seeing stand up and to remember, (laughs) to remember just how like mediocre and beautiful stand up can be like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because you know, I don't know. It was a weird having been away from it for so long after having been immersed in it for so long. I was just like, there were moments where, I mean, some of the comics were good. Some of them were not good. Some of them should have been better because I know them and they weren't good, whatever. We're all rusty. Yeah. But it was also like the insignificance of some of the stuff people were talking about was hilarious to me. You right. know, when we're like actively <laughs> fighting for like, our lives, yeah, and and and, and, and it, <laughs> the climate change is happening, and you're like, and watching them, <laughs> right, and watching them try to get the audience on board, and not being able to do that because it was like, what? yeah, it was just such a disconnect, you know. Um, so that was kind of funny, and then. <laughs> And then last night, and I'm going to spoil a little bit of Eddie's material because it's, it, it, it was, it was a thing that he did both nights and seeing it last night was really, really funny for me. So last night I went to the comedy store. He was performing at the comedy store and uh, that was kind of crazy to me because and- it was inside and it was packed like both rooms. And he said that was not even close to what it usually is like, but still to me, it felt like it was packed. No masks. Nobody had masks on. He said that everybody had been supposedly vaccinated or tested, but I just don't know how, how that was enforced or how that was because nobody asked me ever if I was tested or, or, oh, or then, vaccinated. Then definitely. I just walked in with him and, you know, you figure there's 30 or 40 comics walking in every night. So anyway, uh, but it was just an interesting place to be. I, I had never spent time at the comedy store, you know, like I, when I moved to LA that was the first place I went literally the first place I went because I was story kind of recently. Right. I was, I was subletting my apartment from somebody who worked there. Yeah. It was about Pauly Shore, Pauly seeing Pauly Shore that first day Mm -hmm. and him going, who the fuck are you? And what are you doing here? Right. Being like, Oh, I'm in LA now. You didn't see Charlie Chaplin perform your first day in LA. Oh, right. Right. That was, that was. Yes. Yes. Uh, But I, so I went, to the comedy store. And I think I had the idea in my head that I deserved to be performing at clubs the way I had been in New York and didn't realize that LA was all about breaking your spirit before letting you back in. Uh, it's like smudgy. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, so I thought like I talked to this guy who was the booker at the time and I was like, you know, I just did Conan not too long ago. I mean, it was a few years before that, but I was like, I've been on TV. I've done several TV appearances. I'd love to audition for you and see what you think of my, of my set. You weren't saying like, I would like to headline tomorrow. You were saying I'd like to audition. That's all I said was, I'd love for you to watch me perform and see if I'm good enough to perform here, which I was quite frankly, um, still am, have never done it. And he said, sure, sure. Absolutely. 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 
Um, just what you should do is come by our open mic on Monday night and do a set at the open mic and I'll probably hear about it. And, you know, eventually if you do some sets like that, I can, you know, we'll see, we'll see. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll do that. (laughs) And so I went and the way they do the open mic at the comedy store is, everybody shows up i mean it's you know everybody wants to be on the open mic what if those ones you have to show up at like three o'clock in the afternoon or something and you put your name in a bucket and they pick names out of the bucket do anything most of your life except this open mic so i did that and like there were homeless people performing on the open mic i mean i just remember like a guy bringing his shopping cart on stage with him and talking about how much he loved fisting women. Like that was his whole act. It's funny. Well, you can't deny good material, you know, <laughs> it's like Steve Martin you. said, Steve Martin said, be so good. <laughs> they can't deny you. And this guy clearly understood that. No, that but note. like, so I was like, this is fucked up. And he, he also had like a taser that he kept on flicking on and off while we were outside. And I was like, this not only feels it's weird, unsafe. it feels uncomfortably unsafe. Correct. Yeah. Um, like a mentally ill person flashing a taser around on the porch of the comedy store before the open mic starts. <laughs> like, what is going on? So I went up, did a bunch of jokes that I knew were good jokes, got no response. Like literally nothing in the room. Well, because it was just other... <laughs> mentally ill but also but also there was like a table full of comics in the back who were all like comedy store comics and who i feel like i I could be making this up but i feel like a couple of them like made disparaging remarks during the set whatever and i was like what is going on right now and i came off stage and one of the comics like followed me down the hall as i was leaving the club and was like Hey, don't worry about it, man. Like you you were fine. You were great. It was great. It's just like, there's a process here, you know? And so I was like like, hazing. Yeah. I was like, fuck this place. Fuck these people. Fuck the whole thing. So I never went back there after that. And when I was there last night, I was like, I, you know, even though I felt weird being in a room full of people and whatever, like this, the, 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 the way the setup is there, I, I enjoyed it. You know, like they have a crowd that comes in and you can arrive anytime during the night and you pay your money and you stay as long as you want. And the show runs from like eight o'clock till two o'clock in the morning. And it's just like the next person up brings up the person after them. There's no host in between the acts. Everybody does 15. There was just something about it. And I know they've been doing that for 40 years, but I had never been at a club like that. So many shows are just like the host and then yeah and then the host comes up again and the host is like so this guy what's up with you sir you know like all right you guys excited for your next act and it's like there's something pure about just like everyone just gets to do their act and i think part of it also was because and you know i was not there for that long last night nor did i choose to stay in the room for that long after eddie went on but i did see a few people go up and like well, it was two things. One was they were all really solid comics. It wasn't like this is not a knock on 
the improv because I love performing at the improv, but a lot of the shows at the improv are produced by people. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm the producer. So I'm going to have three great comics, but I'm also going to have my friend, Steve, who's just trying it for the first time. And my friend bunny, who's in from out of town, bringing her, cousins and her extended family who are all going to pay their cover charges. So it's, it's not like, it's like, like one step away from a bringer show. Sorry. Right. So it's not like everybody there is an it's established working yeah. comic who knows what they're doing. And I'm not saying like I saw a couple of people do fairly poorly last night, people whose names you would know if I said them. Um, And that was the other thing that I thought was interesting about it was not in every case. I mean, some of them were just struggling because that happens sometimes. Others were like working shit out. And it was like, okay, this is what I do on a regular basis. And I'm allowed to do this because this is my relationship with the club. And I was saying to Eddie afterwards, like, I've always been in a position, any show I've ever done, where my mindset has been, I hope this goes okay, because if it doesn't, they might never have me back here. And I hope I want to, you know, and it's like, it's cool to have people who are in a position where they're like, I am. I'm safe I, here. On yeah. I don't know what the hierarchy is, but it's like, I'm passed at the comedy store. So I'm going to be performing there two or three times a week in perpetuity. As long as I continue to want to do that, you know? Um, but anyway, I'll try to keep this as short as possible. And so far failing miserably, but uh, Eddie did a bit where I forget exactly. See, I saw it twice. And the point I was going to make is that because like one of the great things about Eddie is that he's so in the moment, but also what that means is he fucks up his own jokes half the time by like saying them in the wrong order. Right, right, right. Like leave out a sentence and it makes no sense anymore. But people still laugh because he's so committed. But you're like, I know that that makes no sense. Well, but this was this was actually the exception to that, because the way the joke worked was he talked about. He's like, when I was a kid, my father. uh, I was, you know, I was six or seven years old. And my father said to me, did you go to school today? Did you go to school today? And I had a choice. I had a choice. I could tell him the truth and and open up to him and have a good relationship with him and be able to have fulfilling, committed relationships the rest of my life. Or I could lie about it and say something that wasn't true and take a risk. And that's why I like rough sex. And like, that's the end of the whole thing. And gets a huge laugh. It's really funny. And I'm not even doing it justice because the setup is way better than that. But like the end is, and that's why I love rough sex. And it just comes out of nowhere and it's absurd and it's really funny and whatever. So last night, he did that last week when I saw him and it was great. And then last night we're at the comedy store and he's on stage and he's having a really funny set. He was, he was good. Uh, And then he goes, he goes, uh, I forget exactly how it was, but it was like, he's like me and my wife. Yeah. Like something like this. He was like me and my wife. Yeah. Look, I love rough sex. Okay. And it's because when I was a little kid, my father, (laughs) 
He goes, when I was a little kid, I was six or seven, and my father and the whole audience was like, ugh. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. Like, but it was so hard to get them back after that because it right, sounded right. like he was about to talk about being molested. Right. And uh well, and also it's only funny because it comes out of nowhere and it's just exactly, you can't, you exactly. Can't and it setup. was so I'm like crying laughing in the back <laughs> while the whole audience is just horrified. It was so funny. And then we were out in the parking lot afterwards and I was like, I think you I think you flipped that. And he he always like he's always like, Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Um, it was great, but it was, it was fun. It was fun to see him and fun to yeah, that's just cool. be, be out. Although again, a little weird, weird. you know, yeah. everybody was talking about Joe Rogan getting sick with COVID, you know? Um, and it's so funny to hear people talk about, <laughs> talk about him just like, no, no, he's, he's not. He doesn't expect people to take him seriously. He's not saying anything. Then, yeah, okay. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's my that's my parting shot. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> I think so. My throat is fried. I did a okay. I did a bunch of. Uh, I have a friend who's putting together a sizzle reel for a pilot that he's doing. It's an animated pilot. So I was doing some voices today and one of them was incredibly difficult. Like we just didn't have it. We didn't, it's like an alien character and whatever. And so we were trying to find it and it just, it fucked me up, fucked up my voice. Um, So I don't have the, and what I forgot, and a lot of people don't realize this doing weird characters as voiceovers is incredibly physically exhausting yeah it wears me the fuck out um just just physically uh so why don't we do parting shots we don't even have to take a break tonight because we i don't think we have a sponsor this week to to Mm. have if we do we could just shoehorn it in we can put it in the break when i go to get the pizza like right at the beginning nice early break Mm -hmm. Um, so why don't we do parting shots? Uh, Amber, why don't you go first? Parting shots to sure, yeah. Um, Amber, I, I mentioned this last week that I didn't know how to proceed. Um, after going to that family reunion at my brother's house, and there were people there who weren't vaccinated, and like, what mm-hmm. is the right thing to do? How do you live life? And, um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much locked down here anyway. I I don't do a whole lot. Um, I mean, I see people every once in a while, but anyway, I I haven't since. And I took your advice and I got a COVID test, and um, negative. Both Jeff and I don't have COVID, or at least didn't as of that one test, if it was done accurately. Because have you taken a lot of COVID tests? No. I've done yeah. it like four times maybe or something like that. This was only my second. Oh, the boys are going out. Mm. <laughs> um, this was only my second test. And Watch guess, out for the neighbor holding the cat. <laughs> I think it's because I've been so locked down. It, it It's not like I've, I'm against testing there. I haven't. 
I haven't put myself in a lot of situations where it feels like I could have exposed myself. And Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe that's. It's against the law, by the way. Exposing myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely. um, I don't know. You're, you're, you're being oblivious to the fact that it's in your nose half the time. Exactly. But. um, So yeah, that family reunion happened and then my parents went back to Mexico and they both weren't feeling well. And that also was like, like, I don't know. There was just things that made me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and um, they're doing great now. Spoiler alert. They're fine. And they're as locked down as you could possibly be. They're in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I'm not. So I was like, it feels like the responsible thing to do to find out if I am a carrier or blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so we signed typhoid, up. For, typhoid Amber. We signed up to get a, a COVID test. And the, the only place that had a same day appointment was a place in Eagle Rock. And so oh, we're like, boy. great. We'll go to Eagle Rock. We go to the address that's listed on the appointment and it's just a park. It's a park in Eagle rock. And that's, that actually made me feel good. Cause could you so- see the Eagle rock, which is in a park in Eagle rock. I couldn't, I mm-hmm. couldn't. So um, it's not a, not a great park. Right. <laughs> well, um, it actually made me feel good that it was outside because I always, the one thing for the past year and a half <laughs> that we've been doing this longer than that year and nine months, but, um, where it's like the right thing to do is to go get a test, but the idea of being around a lot of people who think they might have COVID, it yeah, it's a dangerous. weird fucking like, thing. It yeah. feels it feels like putting yourself at the most risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that it wasn't indoors made me feel good, but like slapdash is putting it mildly. It was just like a tent (laughs) and like some people and um, we had QR codes for our appointment. And so we like went to show them and the lady's like, can you just read off the numbers? Like they Mm -hmm. didn't even have a QR code reader. And anyway, she found us and then they handed us a plastic baggie with like a swabber, the directions, the vial that you put the, the swab in like mm-hmm. the, the whole kit and caboodle. But then she's like, just go over there. There wasn't a designated area is what I'm saying. We just walked a little ways away and it's a park. So like it wasn't a very populated park, mm-hmm. but in theory, there could have been people next to us that just. Little help, little help. That were just enjoying. I will return your frisbee <laughs> if you will give me a little help with this nasal swab. Right. It felt like we should be separated from the public more mm. than we were. Right. Um, and then also just like there wasn't a surface. They just ha- said like go over there. Because I, I took one before and it was very organized. And it was like there were specific booths. And um, so you were you were definitely separated from the other people taking tests and they, they kept it um, just well run, well organized where there was only a certain amount of people around and you stayed a distance from everyone. And it it all made sense. Anyway, 
this was not like that. So we just like found a spot kind of not near the other people doing it. And, um, and again, there wasn't a surface. So it's just like weird to open things and like <laughs> stick a swab up my nose. Yeah. In a park. And it like, it just felt like, so we're, this is wrong, right? Like this can't be right. And then we put it back in the, the vial. We put it back in the baggie. We seal the baggie and we walk back over to where we checked in. Can you just deliver it to the lab down in Georgia? <laughs> we, we go back to where you check in and there's a guy, um, there's a cooler, <laughs> like, like, like you expect it to be filled with Capri Suns and like orange slices. There's a cooler and he has it rigged up with a string so he pulls it so he doesn't have to touch it and you just drop your kit into this cooler and then he closes it again and that's it and it was just like don't have a lot of faith that i did it accurately that the mm-hmm. like nothing about it screamed accurate medical procedure <laughs> you know right. and um and then the one other test I took before, they said results will come in one to two days. I got it in about 10 hours, like boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And it was negative that time. This time said one to two days, but then had a no, no. It will be positive this time. <laughs> no, due to the amount of people um, getting tested, there may be delays. Mm-hmm. Point is, it took, I think, three days. What a crock of shit. And, um, and Jeff and I got tested at the same time. His results came in like three hours after mine. Mm -hmm. They both were negative, but, um, it was just bizarre. Like we could be dead on a ventilator. Like what was the point of this? Right. Um, and, and Jeff made the really good point, which is probably obvious to everyone, but I'm still going to say it, that it feels like they just gutted the testing infrastructure you know mm-hmm. now that we have the vaccine and everything's okay i'm sure all of the funding that was in place to make things organized and speedy is no longer there it's you know a fucking what? yeah it's a wild time man nobody knows what the fuck is going on or what to do or how to fix things it, it it's really frustrating yeah there's nobody in charge there's no guys <laughs> there's like there's no bosses. I can't wait. I cannot wait until President DeSantis handles this shit in a couple of years, you know? Gets everything all ship shape. Uh no, I mean I I I, I had uh, uh my my two of my well I don't know how to say this in a way that makes sense, but two of my brother's kids the day before they were supposed to go back to school were diagnosed with COVID. Holy shit. Because they had been out in the neighborhood playing with neighborhood kids. And they got a call from the parents of the neighborhood kids. That one of them. These kids were diagnosed with COVID. You should have your kids tested just to make sure. Which, you know, that happens. But the other part of that is the kids who they were playing with, who were diagnosed with COVID, who caused them to get tested, apparently had been complaining to their parents about not feeling well the day before. And the parents were like, ah, it's probably just a Shut cold. Shut up. Go play get with Get out the there. Neighbor. Go out and play with the other oh, kids. Oh, God. 
Damn it. And so, yeah, I mean, I give my brother and his wife credit because they, he said like everybody else in the neighborhood is furious at these people. And my brother's like, what are you going to do? It happens, you know? Right. But it's like, these people are, I think one of them is like a, a family doctor. And the other one is like a, another, like a single doctor or something like that. Like, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> but do anyway, they're both, they're both, <laughs> they're both, um, they're both doctors and they were just like, ah, whatever, you're fine. Get outside and play with the other kids. I mean, isn't there a, a certain level of just like, this cannot be true. Therefore it isn't true. I guess probably like just being in denial, but it just feels like we're in a place where we got to be cautious, but everything has to be taken seriously, you know? So does that mean they couldn't start school when school? Yeah, no, they're, they're quarantined. The two kids Uh, are both stuck in their rooms now, you know, that's crazy. And I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. So I don't know if there's like more symptoms. I know one of the kids was really not feeling well. So I just don't Uh, know what's going on. Um, uh, but it was literally the day before school was starting, you know, well, literally, God, literally the day, 24 hours, literally. Thank you know God how people wasn't. say, you know, how people say like literally people say literally all the time, you know, <laughs> um, but thank goodness it wasn't the day after. Cause then yeah. it, would, it would have been like a whole school out. Absolutely. Blah, blah, Absolutely. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Always look on the bright side. But, and also, uh, as an addendum to my parting shot, there's a lot of crazy shit that happened politically that I'm not going to even touch on. But what are you talking about? Uh, nothing. Um, but I, I think that I had a lot. Are you talking about how I'm going to move to Texas and get rich hunting bounties on women getting abortions and people helping them? The new a lot of money. Rush. You can make a lot of money down there, you know? Uh. <laughs> Keep track of who's going where with who. Surveillance state, you know, it's like East Germany. <coughs> anyway. And and you can carry a gun if you want to. With no so permit. You could shoot them and then say, Oh, I had to shoot them. They were gonna get an abortion. And where's my 10, 10 grand? <laughs> where's my Horrible, 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 horrible. It's a really difficult, difficult time. And then on top of everything else, you know, I I was, uh, I was here last night and for once did not have the fucking news on TV. And I got a tweeter message or whatever from somebody who listens to this show who was like, turn on the news. Yeah, like I hope everybody, I hope your family's doing okay because I turned on the TV and New York was like, you know, it was like Noah's Ark. Like it was nuts. And I then, so then I go on Twitter and I'm like looking for Nourishell, which is my hometown where a lot of my family still lives. And Nourishell had a flash flood warning, a tornado warning, a severe storm warning, and some other warning all at the same time last night. Um, so it was it was kind of crazy. So yeah, there's a lot uh, a lot going on politically, okay. geographically, climactically, emotionally, spiritually, spiritually holistically. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Okay, here's my parting shot. <clears throat> I went to lunch today. Well, I went to a party the other night. Damn. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was good talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. No, I went to a party the other night. And it was across the street from a place that I was going to go for lunch today. Both of these places, because they are across the street from each other, are in a part of Los Angeles that you already mentioned called Eagle Rock. Mm. And I don't even know how to explain this. I really do not know how to explain this. I don't know how to explain this, but the person I was meeting for lunch today said, I said, where, you know, he, he was like, meet me for lunch. I was like, where are you staying? He's just in LA for a little while. He's like, I'm in echo park. And I was like, Oh, I know the perfect place we can go. It's this place. Meanwhile, I was thinking of the place in Eagle rock, not in echo park, mm. which was what I was thinking the other night when I drove out to the place in Eagle rock to this party, I, Thought I was in Echo Park you, for some you, reason. Like, I've only been in LA for 17 years <laughs> and I did not know that Echo Park was not Eagle Rock for some reason. <laughs> like, when somebody said Eagle Rock, I heard, or when somebody said Echo Park, I heard Eagle Rock. And I was like, those are this. I knew the they're not the same yeah. place. But anyway, when you drive from where I am to Eagle Rock, it's there far. is. Yes, but there's literally a place where the road splits and it's like north is Glendale, south is Echo Park. So I had put the address into the phone on Saturday night and I was like, I'm on my way to Echo Park. South is Echo Park. And the the navigator was like, go north, motherfucker. And I was like, that's weird because I'm going to Echo Park, but I'm supposed to go north and it says to go south towards Echo Park. Oh, well, I guess the part of Echo Park I'm going to is further up from <laughs> where we are now. And then today, the exact same thing happened when I was going the same exact way to meet this guy. And the People place I was like, why are we having lunch here? It's so far. No, 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 no. That's the problem is that the place we were going has several locations. One of them is in Echo Park and one is in Eagle Rock. So I get to the place in Eagle Rock thinking I'm in oh Echo Park God. and he calls me right when I park my car and he goes, where are you right now? And I said, he goes, you're at the wrong one, aren't you? And I said, no, I'm in Echo Park. And he's like, yeah, you're not because I am and you're not here. And I was like, wait. And then I walk over and I'm like, oh, my God, I conflated Eagle Rock. Anyway, it just made me feel. What? What place was it? Senor Fish. Oh, yes. There is one in Eagle Rock and there is one in Echo Park. I, like I was how, trying to think of what was I like how you're like, demanding proof. Like, are you lying right no, now? No, it wasn't about <laughs> lying. It was more that I would spend the rest of the night trying to like. What's okay, the place that has uh, places yeah. in both? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's three of them and one's in Echo Park, one's in Eagle Rock. I don't know where And one's one like is. downtown. Like one's yeah, in yeah, yeah. like. Oh, um, yeah, right. Exactly. You're right. Like it's little downtown. Tokyo. Yes. Yes. Um, where they used to have an open mic. Yes. Actually. That's how. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but uh, but anyway, I just I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, what is wrong with me 
that all of these things, like literally road signs staring me in the face going, where you are going is not where you think you are going. And the navigator in the car going, don't go where you think you're going, go where you want to go. And I right. was like, anyway, it, 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 it blew my mind. And then the other thing that blew my mind was because I was running late to meet this guy for lunch, I got to sing your fish in Eagle Rock. And I was like, I had a panic attack because I had left my house without a mask. Holy shit. And I was like, oh, my God, That's I'm out without a mask. I can't go anywhere. I can't go in anywhere. I'm da, 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 da. Like, it was so. It's the new, like, having a dream of being naked in high it was, school. It was a crazy moment because I was like, why is this? It'll be fine. Like, it'll be mm-hmm. fine. But I did have a moment of, like, extreme, like, to the degree that I didn't have a mask. I knew I was going to meet this guy in Echo Park. I didn't know what the situation was going to be. That One of the things I like about Senior Fish in Eagle Rock is that it's all outside. Like, you can mm. just sit outside. And it's not really the case in Echo Park. I mean, we did sit outside, ultimately, but it's a very different kind of it's situation. It's like on sunset. Yeah, yeah. You're right on the sidewalk. But... uh but to the degree that so I go to the I go to Senior Fish, we're exchanging, we're talking on the phone back and forth, trying to figure out, am I in the wrong place, which I am? Is he in the wrong place, which he's not? Is he going to wait for me? Am I going to meet him there? Whatever, whatever. I'm still 20 minutes away. Can you wait that long? I have this other thing to do, whatever. <laughs> I'm walking back to my car and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I don't have a mask. I don't have a mask. And there's a mask on the fucking uh grass between the sidewalk and the street just a mask just a discarded mask on the sidewalk i mean on the grass and i was like oh maybe i should just and i literally picked up no, the mask no, God, no absolutely not and i was like what the fuck am i doing what that's, am i that's doing like putting on someone's underwear it was so insane it was like yeah, it it, it made me mind. stand outside myself yeah. for a moment like, and go, hey, buddy, you need- what is happening right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah. You know? Uh, so anyway, I'm wearing it right now as underwear. <laughs> um, but I guess my parting shot is I finally know the difference between Echo Park and Eagle Rock, which I knew before, but somehow I think it's because I have been over there many times to that specific spot and in my head i was always like oh this is echo park and there was never any reason to say it out loud or to discuss it or whatever so i just made that echo park in my head without actually thinking about the fact that i was driving along eagle rock boulevard to get to that place (laughs) i it's not the same at all but i do the same with barstow and bakersfield Mm -hmm. like they're very interchangeable in my head even though they're not anywhere near each other and I know that I've like told people, oh yeah, that's in Bakersfield. When it's not, it's in Bars. Like that, like, yeah, because it starts with a B, and it's like in the country. Crazy. <sighs> All of our brains are mush. I really feel that way. I really do feel that way. I keep at work. I, granted, I'm very busy, and I need to to give myself a pass. Mm-hmm. But I swear that I like craft an email that I'm like. That was really good. You spent a lot of time like making it sound professional. I hit send and then I, you know, you just like reread it. And I'm like, 
Everything is spelled wrong. Like, what is wrong with me? I don't understand. I had a I had an email today that I was so going to send. Embarrassing. Yeah, I had an email today that I was going to send to somebody, and it, I needed to include one piece of information, one important. It, that's all the email was about was this one important piece of information. And you said everything but that. Well, I I sent the email and then like 20 minutes later, I was like, did I even include the fucking reason why I sent the email? And I went back and looked at it and I had, in fact, but I couldn't remember if I had or not. You know, I was like, I don't think I put the thing in there that I sent the email for. I did, but I didn't remember that I had. Anyway, things are going well. Yeah, we're all great. Folks, this has been The Long Shot. It is a podcast mostly about uh, dogs and (laughs) people who don't know how to live in this world. (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy your pizza. Thank you. I'm very excited for, for, I actually do like cold pizza, so we'll see. Yeah, it's great. Um, And uh, we'll see you guys uh, uh, next time on The Long Shot. Bye-bye. So I will walk this evening to the cellar And I will try my best to stay afloat And I will be standing till three in the morning With a mouthful of terrible jokes And you will criticize my awful timing But I will still insist upon my skill And I will be late for work in the morning I'm just taking the time that you kill And it isn't as if things have gotten better Though it isn't as if I am getting worse And it isn't as if I took the apple from your eye And I bit it just to quench my own thirst it isn't as if people think I'm funny Oh, but what is being funny even for? Well, my lines have made me forget What you gave me when I was starting out in New York And it isn't as if I am getting worked